So you're walking down the dairy section in your local grocery store. And if you're like me, you're generally either at work, in the gym, or at the grocery store. And so you're walking down the dairy aisle, and uh, you come across your almond milk. And you stop there for a minute, and you think to yourself, almond milk, well I know how oat milk is made, and I know that it's not better for me than cow milk, because I listened to the science behind that. But is that the same with almond milk? I mean, after all, I I think everybody has always been saying that almond milk is better for you than whole milk. But is that actually true? Well, let's talk about the science behind that. Welcome to the science behind that with Atticus Hamilton. Hello, all you scientists, and welcome on back to the Science Behind That podcast. I am your host, Atticus Hamilton, and in today's episode, we are going to be talking about the science behind almond milk and if it's actually better for you than um, cow milk or goat milk or animal milk. Uh, Spoiler alert, it's not. Um, But if you want to wait to the end of the episode and hear, you know, the detailed actual science behind why it's not better for you than those other alternatives, uh, please stay tuned. But first, go grab yourselves a nice steaming hot cup of coffee, add a little bit of maple syrup to it, not too much, just a little bit to bring out those autumn flavors, and we'll jump right into it. One more thing I want to say, big news on, on the channel, um... You know, I started this podcast a long time ago. I started this podcast as of this September, three years ago. Uh, I mean, it seems crazy to think about that to me. But, I mean, I started this um, pretty much my junior year of college. Um, And, you know, I am just so amazed and happy with where it's gone. Um, But why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because, ladies and gentlemen, there are 2,000 of you guys listening to this podcast on a weekly basis. And, you know, I just have to say thank you. Thank you so much for um, supporting me and supporting, you know, what what I'm doing here, what I'm trying to do here anyway. Thank you so much for supporting that uh, through everything. Um, I, I really appreciate that. Um, and last week, uh, on Thursday, we had 50 new listeners in one day. And I know for all those really big podcasts out there, that's like, that's nothing, man. But listen, for me, that is huge. And, um, so I just want to say thank you to everyone. Um, it's, the podcast now has a rating on Spotify, which is amazing. I'm happy to say it has a five-star rating on Spotify. So I guess I didn't know that was an option, but if you like the podcast, go ahead, give me a rating. Um, I had no idea that was an option, but I guess it is. So now we have a five-star rating apparently on Spotify, which is awesome. Sorry, I needed a uh, sip of coffee there. Um, But let's put all that aside for now and just get into the science. So, almond milk, right? Almond milk has been around seemingly forever. I mean, ever since I was a kid, 
Um, it has been a thing. Um, I think um, at the very least, almond milk was a thing before 2000. Um, it, although it was a very niche food item um, up until the early 2000s. Uh, eventually, in around like 2011 or so, almond milk sales as a whole increased by 79%. And in 2013, it surpassed soy milk as the most popular milk alternative in the United States. Um, and in 2014, it was 60% of plant-based milk sales and 4.1% of total milk sales in the United States. So that's kind of interesting. Um, but so there's there's one other thing here which is interesting. So manufacturers and distributors of uh, animal milk have advocated that milk alternatives should not be labeled as milk. And, you know, I'm not one, I'm not the type of person to kind of pick sides here. But technically speaking... It's not milk. It's sugar. And uh, we're going to get into that here in a little bit. Um, I have done a lot of episodes in the past about these, uh, you know, I guess alternative food items. Because you have alternative meat, which is um, like plant-based meat, right? So the, the, the Beyond Burger, I think, is one of them. You know, I was in the movie theater yesterday. I was watching, uh, or well, I went to go see, um, uh, what's it called? Insidious Red Door. I went to see Insidious Red Door, and I saw an ad before the, you know, before the film started for Beyond Meat. And of course, in their little their little ad, they talked about how amazing it is and how much better for you it is than than real meat. And I thought that was funny because I have actually done an episode on meat analogs. Uh, that was back February 7th, 2022, and that was season three, episode two. If you're interested in that, definitely go and, and listen to that. And the actual science is very interesting, and it, it, make, it adds an insidious twist on the marketing um, behind those uh, plant-based meat alternatives because... You know, these companies say, oh, it's just plants that we're making it from, but that's actually pretty fallacious. Um, there's a lot of other chemicals in there and compounds in there that are not so great for you. One of them being methylated cellulose, which is really terrible for your gut microbiome. But that we talked about that, or I talked about that on uh, season three, episode two, what is a meat analog? So definitely check that out if you're uh, interested in that. I have also talked about oat milk. Uh, that was season four, episode six. And so I felt like, you know, after talking about oat milk, it's just a natural progression that I have to talk about almond milk. So I found this website called um, Naturally. I know, I should have taken that as a warning right there that it was going to be a non-scientific uh, uh, <laughs> website. But anyway, I so I found this website naturally. It's titled, How is Almond Milk Made? Um, and 
I'm going to get into that. I'm not going to use this website for how it's made, even though in reality it's pretty simple. I mean, you can't really be biased in relating how almond milk is made. But anyway, how is almond milk made? Almond milk is a plant-based milk substitute, basically, that is essentially they just grind up almonds and mix it with water. Um, and so they soak the almonds in water and they grind the almonds in water and they basically press it and then they filter it. And when they filter this fluid, it's a very milky white fluid. It contains a lot of almond pulp. And so they filter out this fluid and, um, that's it. That, there you go. Um, you can also make almond milk by liquefying almond butter with water Um, So you can add water to almond butter and blend it up, and that's pretty much it. Um, Now, I I should add that it is pasteurized, um, which is good, but um, that's pretty much it. That is, in essence, how almond milk is made. And so what is that milky white uh, liquid that milky, milky white liquid is primarily sugars, and we're going to get into that right now. So this um, fun website uh, tries to definitely sway you to, you know, in, drink um, uh, almond juice. And um, so they try and persuade you with these, these benefits. <laughs> A high concentration of vitamins and minerals, extremely low sugar per serving, low calories, awesome source of calcium and vitamin D, no lactose, a great balance of potassium and phosphorus. With higher concentrations of vital nutrients and fewer calories, it's easy to see why this plant-based milk option has quickly become the most popular non-dairy milk alternative. So... I just want to point this out here. They say with higher concentrations of vital nutrients, compared to what? I mean, what are we comparing this to? Because if we're comparing this to whole milk, that is inaccurate. And we're going to get into this right now. So there's this awesome website. It's called um, My Food Data. And you can basically look up anything you want. And it will show you not just the breakdown of the macronutrients, but the micronutrients. So... In comparing um, uh, whole milk here to uh, almond milk, I'm going to have to do a a split screen of this. So just to make sure I give you the most accurate data. So when we're looking at this, total fat, whole milk 15.9 grams, uh, almond milk 2.5 grams. 0.2 of that is saturated fat. 9.1 grams is saturated fat with whole milk. And so this is the first thing that I want to talk about. I've done an episode on the health effects of saturated fat. And um, that was the second episode of this season. So if you're really interested in an in-depth explanation of that, definitely give that a listen. But ultimately, in a nutshell, this is how it breaks down. Saturated fat is not inherently bad. And I say this because there's a couple caveats. Number one is it depends on how we're defining bad because saturated fat is actually not the direct cause of atherosclerosis. Fructose is. 
So how is atherosclerosis or blood clots formed? Ultimately, what happens is you have an increase in levels of LDL or low-density lipoprotein, which is bad cholesterol, and that increase in low-density lipoprotein it doesn't dissolve well in the blood. It, it doesn't really like aqueous solutions, so it kind of precipitates along the inside of the vascular endothelium of your arteries and your capillaries. Macrophages eat it. They become immobile cells called foam cells, and that forms uh, that begins to form a plaque. And then they will release pro-inflammatory cytokines that will cause more uh, uh, leukocytes to come uh, along and more lymphocytes uh, to come along and engage in this perceived uh, pathogenic threat. Um, And that's caused by fructose. So fructose is what actually is raising those levels. Now, there is another aspect to this, which is genetic predispositions to atherosclerosis. That is a little bit more complex, and that's an episode for a different... uh, Day. But ultimately, that's that's what causes that plaque. So where does saturated fat come in? Well, what research has shown is that saturated fat doesn't actually produce low-density lipoprotein. But what can happen is that it will bind to certain receptors within the the on the hepatocytes or the liver cells that will down-regulate the suppression of LDL. And um, and it can also down-regulate, but, but it also up-regulates the expression of HDL, which is good cholesterol. And so it's kind of confusing, right? Because saturated fat can be bad, and it can function in bad ways, especially with people who are on a you know, beta blockers or whatnot, but it's not causing the issues. Um, and there's two different types of low-density lipoprotein. There's small buoyant and there's large buoyant. And small buoyant is the worst. Large buoyant is kind of neutral. Um, and of course, HDL or high-density lipoprotein, that's good cholesterol. And in medical recent medical literature it seems to suggest that saturated fat decreases large, bo- uh, small buoyant uh, uh, LDL or small buoyant um, bad cholesterol, which is the worst cholesterol, and it increases large buoyant low-density lipoprotein, which is the kind of neutral cholesterol. It's not great for you, but it doesn't seem to have that significant of health effects and it increases HDL. So is saturated fat bad in certain instances? It could be, but is it is it inherently bad? Not necessarily. Then we look at cholesterol. So the cholesterol content of whole milk is obviously going to be higher. It's an animal product, so it's definitely going to be higher. Cholesterol of almond milk is zero. Sodium, um, slightly higher sodium in... Um, whole milk by about 10 milligrams or so from unsweetened almond milk. We're looking at 8% of your daily value for almond milk and 9% for whole milk. Carbohydrates, um, there's 24.6 grams of sugar in whole milk. Now, what is that sugar? That sugar is lactose. 
lactose goes through a different metabolism pathway than um, uh, fructose does. Whereas the 2.1 grams of sugar in unsweetened almond milk, I should add that there's a lot of different types of almond milk apparently, um, that is going to primarily be uh, sucrose, but it's going to be it's going to be sucrose that you would find in like fruits, which is still sucrose. Um, so it's going to be glucose, a glucose molecule bound to a fructose molecule, and there's 2.1 grams of that. Now, getting into the the more nitty-gritty, right? Whole milk, a glass of whole milk, which is uh, 16 ounces, 15 grams of protein, a, gr- a glass of almond milk, 1 gram of protein, with a bioavailability rate of more like 3%, potentially. So, 3% of that 1 gram so uh, is going to be uh, metabolizable. By the the human body, and what do I mean by that? Unfortunately, when it comes to proteins and animal metabolism, particularly humans, stereochemistry plays a big role in what is actually able to be used by the body and what isn't. Now, what is stereochemistry? Essentially, stereochemistry is just the arrangement of atoms in a molecule, and proteins have a configuration. Um, they have different configurations based on the source that it came from, right-handed versus left-handed. So animal proteins have a bioavailability of pretty much 99%. You're always going to lose a little bit to you know, various processes. Unfortunately, in biology, nothing is 100% efficient, um, and that's just because of the laws of thermodynamics. But... Um, Animal proteins and mushroom proteins and ultra-processed soy are going to have a bioavailability of around 100%. Pea protein is going to be around 30%. And um, almond almond protein is going to be even lower. So you may be getting a gram of protein from almonds, but not all plant protein your cells can actually use, unfortunately. And so because of it, that one gram ends up being more like 0.3 grams of it is actually able to be used by the human body. Whereas 14.99 grams of the 15 grams of the whole milk is going to be able to be used by the human body. Now getting into the final part here, I guess, is the minerals. So, um, there is a lot of data here, and um, mainly the point of this episode is just to break down what's true and what's not. Ultimately, animal cow milk has more calcium than almond milk does for an equal portion, an equal serving. Um, uh, whole milk has 551.4 milligrams of calcium and almond milk is 482.1. So that's 42% of your daily requirement for calcium is satisfied by one glass of whole milk and 37% is satisfied by one glass of unsweetened almond milk. Almond milk has more iron. It has 3% more iron, so that's it satisfies 4% of your daily value, whereas animal milk satisfies 1%. However, potassium is 14% for animal milk and 4% for almond milk. So 10% higher 
for um, uh, animal milk than almond milk. Magnesium is around 8% higher, and phosphorus is significantly higher. So 33% of your daily requirement for phosphorus can be satisfied by one glass of animal milk, whole milk, and uh, compared to 2% for almond milk. Sodium, 9% for animal milk, so 1% greater than um, almond milk. 16% for zinc compared to 1%, 14% for copper compared to 6%. Um, Almond milk beats whole milk in terms of manganese for uh, 5% compared to 1%. But selenium, now selenium is a very, very important um, mineral for Proper bone health, skin health, muscle health. It's vital in articular function. 33% of your daily daily requirement for selenium can be satisfied from whole milk compared to 0% for almond milk. Almond milk has 0.3 micrograms, whereas uh, animal milk has 18.1 micrograms. Vitamins, it looks pretty much the same way. Um, uh, Almond milk, 13% vitamin D, um, 11% vitamin E. Oh, sorry, 111% vitamin E. That's pretty good. 13% vitamin uh, D, D. So there's three different types of vitamin Ds. Ultimately, vitamin D, almond milk has you covered for 13%. Um, normal animal milk has you covered at 31%, uh, and a whole host of other things. So I'll quickly read off, um, some of the things that, uh, animal milk has you covered for at between 20% plus of your daily requirement. Vitamin A, uh, thiamine, riboflavin, or vitamin B2. Vitamin B5. Um, vitamin B12 at 92%, um, and vitamin D at 30, 32% and vitamin DIU at 31%. So ultimately, when you look at the nutritional breakdown of almond milk compared to whole milk, from a health perspective, whole milk has my clear vote. Um, just from the science behind it, um, you know, I I understand that I guess some people have a uh, a moral dilemma or whatnot when it comes to whole milk, but the 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 fact of the matter remains, much like with what we saw with oat milk, whole milk is still the better option in terms of your health based on the science. That is all I have for you today, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I I had a lot of fun making it, um, and I'll I'll let you know if um I get any exciting emails from people who don't like the science, like I have in the past. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Have a fantastic weekend. I'll see you all on Monday, and remember, as always, stand up and question everything.